0: welcome to live from america podcast this is Hartem. norm is right here he's back from the Bahamas. Oh. Um, Boris Hikins, back comedian, yeah, very funny been, with wow. the internet, and I he's mean, getting married this weekend.
1: We haven't heard Boris in a while. Yeah, uh, I hear uh, Boris. Always. Let me try. I hear Boris. Yeah, oh, I'm, uh, uh,
2: I'm getting married and I'm going to Thailand. Congrats! Before, Thank you. what's the order of that? First, I'm getting married. Oh, right. No. <laughs> then That's I'm the going one. to Thailand. And then, then you're going to quarantine. I got, I got my N95 masks. I got 10
0: masks for the there flight. you, you have
2: uh-huh. your N95 condoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I been,
0: think, uh, I've been to Thailand three times. I can give you a lot of uh, A lot of tips? Yeah, yeah I'll, really? take, I'll take yeah. tips from you. Yeah, my brother I mean, used to live in Malaysia, so I used to go visit the kids all the time. That was my Uh-oh, excuse. I never wait. actually seen the kids. Is that but a euphemism, <laughs> visit the kids? No, no, for real. For real. I've been there a few times. Oh, okay.
2: Like visit your cousin's kids, not like My brothers. My brothers kids. Brothers I'm the kids. uncle.
3: Who are you marrying? Uh,
2: not a comic. Okay, that's, congratulations. That's and the
3: you. one
0: that asking question now was uh, the very funny Sherrod Small. Yes, it's one MTV, Race Wars podcast, everything. Yes. Uh, and our guest of honor, uh, Mr. Kirk Furman. He's a journalist and historian who written for the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, and his new book, Author in Chief, The Untold Story of Our Presidents and the Books They Wrote. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. And us. thank you for being here. He's not from New York.
4: Where are you from? From Indiana. Oh, where in Indiana? Uh southern Indiana. Close Cincinnati would be the closest landmark. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah.
3: You're a border, baby. <laughs> yep. That would be that would be my response to it. Wow. So,
0: <laughs> so what do you guys want to talk about first? Corona?
3: Uh, come no. on stop the media Just nonsense No We need to do that Talk no. about what did you say It's not a real thing The coronavirus thing. A coronavirus what you, uh, Well he's I don't We want talk about his book But uh, what, what do you think about the coronavirus It's fake <laughs> Phony <laughs> All of it It's the media Just trying to put it in our heads More people going to die from the flu gnome. Is, is you know that,
1: that the go to answer For every story from a black man how many black men do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Godfrey. <laughs> I, I had a flashback
3: to every story that you've said that about since I've known you. It's- I mean, come on. I think that's just the media pumping out heads full. Of- do you know anybody with it yet? Anybody here? Do you they know wouldn't anybody? be here. Or have you heard? Like a friend of your friend got coronavirus. Well, anybody? No. Stop. There's, there's
2: zero case. Are there any? There's no cases in the U.S. Are there confirmed? That
3: is no. the way you. The you only thing why? it's going to do is make us weird toward Chinese people. That's all it's going to do. Well, it's, it's not done that already. The that, only yeah. advice is to wash your hands. That's what I do every day. Thank you, stupid. I don't need you to tell me. If that. you're
0: from New York, you already have
3: this. All story. right. So this is the thing about the coronavirus: is that uh, it's
1: not very deadly. Apparently, about one percent of people right now are dying from it, and of those, of that one percent, ninety-nine point nine is Asian. Uh, no, Chinese. almost all of them are in high risk groups. That old, no, you know, old people can kid, uh, pneumonia, Busy uh, kidney problems, <laughs> various various problems that make them more vulnerable. Uh, no kids. I think I think nobody under the age of nine has died, and one kid between like nine and sixteen or something. Very, so it's. It's he was re- a real jerk then.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I read his blog. Yeah, you're right.
2: It was actually a bully situation that was conveniently ended by the coronavirus.
1: But uh, world it, star. It, uh, what I'm also hearing is that because a lot of people don't <laughs> get symptoms... Yeah, it's it kind of like the over. herpes of the flu, ah. and uh, so you have, like, a sec,
3: That's why it's sexy. Is in the news yeah. right so now. So it's very <laughs>
1: difficult to. They they very. They think it's going to spread because so many people will not bother to get tested.
0: The one thing is like if you have a coronavirus, like you can't lie about the story. It has to include an Asian in it. Like,
3: You know what I'm saying? That's why you can tell me you're right. No. I will say this when it comes to airborne diseases, uh-huh. you can't beat China. Am I All right, <laughs> true. China's always top SARS, Fair. chicken true. flu. Right, true.
0: Wait, but why would it's you lie? Tough. What was it? Admit it. You've met an Asian, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, Who's hiding, like, <laughs> like you well, know, but, but I'm not married. No,
1: no, I had said, I Boris saw it. I, I said, but I didn't really look at the comments, but I, I made a comment on Facebook that we might uh, basically be very much appreciating the fact that we don't have a single pair government run healthcare system right now when okay. because you know everybody's <laughs> going to be looking at how to make money from this in the healthcare industry which yeah. means they're going to be gearing up to really be able to handle it and as opposed to a single payer government run systems where they're already out of beds i mean yeah. that, that's the status quo is they never have enough beds i mean a couple of dollars. Wait, wait, so, but dollars. but i was thinking there might be a a kind of irony which is that if we do weather this virus well and uh, some other countries don't like Denmark or something, <laughs> um, then that's going to be very good for Trump going up wow. against Sanders. It, it, I mean, if one of these single-payer com- countries fucks up on this coronavirus and we don't— yeah. I mean, technically, one already has. Trump Trump, Trump is going to be re-elected. One, one already has, technically. They're not, the Italy? Best, they're not the best example. No, China. Yeah, nah. China. No, no. I'm talking about a, 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 Europe, a, a democracy, you know, like— a, right, yeah. right. A, But by the way, you know, there's only 5 million people in Denmark. Like, what do they take us for? Are we really supposed to model our government after 5 million white people in Denmark? Right. More people in California. They're not a real. And more country. people in Manhattan.
2: Well, even Canada is an example. They don't do it federally, right? Everybody talks about Canada, but their healthcare system is run by the provinces, right? Because it's too big and diverse a demographic. And plus, Canada. the
3: you know the natives still own most of the country. Okay, So let's talk in about Canada. It. So, yeah. Let's talk That's about, why about your that book. pipeline problem.
1: The First Canada. Nations. The, the, the book is called. To say it again.
3: Author in chief: The Untold Story
4: of Our Presidents and the Books They Wrote.
3: And, and got this got goes that. back to how how far back with presidents? All the way back. We are talking to the first twelve that owned slaves? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, did they mention. The the slaves in the books oh my no, god it's no,
4: actually n- horrifying the way jefferson talked about
3: please story. break it down yeah, no, right please. <laughs> please. No, no,
1: no. that's a, that's a story told we know that story oh, no, we no, no. Stories. It, no. i mean
4: we, we we know about jefferson as a person right. we know what he did as a person but to see him write in a book and really explain his ideas to me that's just as horrifying
3: what like, was it uh, what like what horrified you? please and
4: talk slowly it's black history month all right let's do it so two,
0: two more days <laughs>
4: so Jefferson has this book that comes out in 1785, and it's called Notes on the State of Virginia. And it's really about Virginia, but it's really about whatever Jefferson wants to write about because he has a lot of curiosities, in, including slavery. And so in, in the big picture... <laughs> That's in,
3: all our fucking curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> in, in, the,
4: in the big picture, Jefferson says, you know, slavery is going to cause us trouble. I tremble to think about what my country is built on. Like He can talk big picture and and say that he's on the side of morality. But in the small scale, he, he fancies himself a scientist. I'm sure he would, if he were president today, he would have a lot of opinions about the coronavirus. And so he applies this kind of pseudoscientific mindset to explain why black people are inferior to white people. Okay. And it's, it's, it's horrifying to read today, especially when you know it's his book, when he worried about every word, when he controlled every comma, he said exactly what he wanted to say. Right. And the things he said were like, black people smell different. Black people have inferior emotions. Black people uh, don't sleep as well.
2: I mean, to be fair, black people say white people got a smell, too. <laughs> yeah. Well. Just on that point. The others I will not. Demand. Let me get this straight. The slaves didn't sleep as well?
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but,
2: but I think I, think that's I heard That's weird. But
1: he, he, but he acknowledged that they were the our equal, hour. He, he was using hour for as white people, our equal in memory. I think he, he acknowledged right. that, right?
4: That, that was the one caveat, I guess. Uh-huh. The, one, the one out of 30 things where How he was specific. willing to be gracious. So but, did he
0: actually wrote the book himself?
4: Yeah, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he wrote. So it.
0: all the all the books <laughs> were the president. writer. All, all yeah, all the books were written by the you, you know presidents himself? the presidents themselves. The that's well, in the beginning, right? It, yeah, it's a
4: mix. Like George Washington had a ghost writer. His ghost writer was Alexander Hamilton. He
3: had ghost teeth, <laughs> <laughs> and they were slave teeth, by the way, not wood. That's true. Thank yeah. you. They try to say wood teeth. It was slave teeth. Oh, why use wood idea. when you got fresh slave teeth that you can pull out anytime you want? Now, when you uh, s- am I right? When According you s- to
1: George Washington, yes.
3: Boom. When you say that you fi-
1: that you find that stuff horrifying, mm-hmm. do you mean horrifying um, because of how it sounds to us today, or horrifying as what it means about? judging Jefferson in his own time?
4: It's a good question, but I mean horrifying by the standards of his time. Like, he had people, you know, his peers, and he would have them read drafts, because he really cared about this book. He really wanted it to get as as polished as he could get it. And so he would have them read it, and they would say, you know, if you really are who you say you are, if you think slavery is a big-picture problem, these passages are terrible, and they're only going to make the problem worse. And Jefferson softened it a little bit, but not a lot. He he believed what he saw, and the rest of his life he wouldn't change it. Even near the end of his life, publishers would say, "Hey, do you want to write a new edition of this book? Do you want to change anything?" And he said, "Nope, nothing I've seen in my life." You wanna want to change, change your mind about wow. any of this? Right, and <laughs> he wouldn't want to do it because. But didn't Lincoln
1: didn't
0: Lincoln think that black people were inferior? Also, he
3: did. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that's mm, another, the white man's the devil. I said that a million times. <laughs> yeah.
0: So hold on, we have this all this time in writing.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what were we debating about?
3: <laughs> but about, about Jefferson. Yeah.
0: Well, you can still about black people. What are you, what are you about? About <laughs> Jefferson.
4: Yeah. No. I mean, I I think no. I think people haven't paid enough attention to Jefferson's book yeah. because he really did. You I, know, he revised it. He was careful about publishing it. So, if you want to know what the man thought, look at his. I writing. would
1: strongly, mm. uh, not strong, but I I would disagree. I I I wish I could remember. I had done some reading about this years ago, but what I think I learned was that. It was the general consensus, including among abolitionists, mm. that blacks were inferior. Well, that's that 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 to say they were inferior didn't and many people thought that doesn't mean you can have slaves, but very few people thought that they were equal in every way, particularly intellectually. Right. And and let me just add one more thing to that. And Sherrod might.
3: Oh, I'm getting heated over here. Go ahead.
1: It might, it might bother you, but I, but I, I mean I thought about it. If if you imagine. Um, European culture in the 1600s whatever it is and after the you know the uh, the renaissance and then everything that was european culture up to that day nonsense and then you go over to africa mm-hmm. and you come upon um people living as you know tr- tribal africans at that time with but also with, have with, art
3: and music but but with but with, <laughs> o-
1: with almost no technology but
3: art and music so that
1: that's, uh, not, that's not, intelligence no not not um there of course was music but not not pr- primitive instruments. Just, Mask. Listen, w- w- there's much about it we could appreciate it today. I'm saying from from that mindset of Bach and, and that that kind of l- level of of uh, development of where Europe was. There's there's ex- To I'll fast forward, if you like Guns, Germs, and Steel, there's all kinds of explanations for this now which are accepted, which basically prove that it's not a matter of inferiority. Hmm. But I'm saying at that time there was so bunk- a at, at that time to see everything that your culture had achieved then you go across to a continent and you see the stark contrast. Why would you not think they were inferior? What, like would you not think it because oh god would never do such a thing or they like we have this kind of reflexive thing to assume that People have to be the same, whatever it is. But they didn't think that way. They, I know, it's still ignorance. They it's still well, ignorance they, they, to they make found one. inferiority among their own races. I get right. that, oh, but it's still
3: so. ignorance. It still comes out of not knowing. But that's exactly. So culture, yeah, so that's, yeah. just yeah. Go thinking yeah. one culture is above another culture sure. because you had two different yeah. things. Yeah. I'm just saying, like that's ignorance. I, I am. The the fe- I,
1: I am always reluctant to start judging people. Uh, you know, from a different place in time, I feel like the the most brilliant minds at any time can see just a little bit above the heads of their contemporaries. There's no... So, like, the the greatest abolitionist in those days, he didn't realize that blacks were 100% uh, uh, equal. Or, or, but he a, did a know they people. should not be slaves. He, that's
3: right. And yeah, that was enough. That's right. So, that was enough. Ahead. We could prove so, the so, rest so, ourselves. Yeah. yeah, well,
4: I, I would that's say right. two things to what you're saying. First of all, I agree that we should judge people... Partly by the standards of their time. I mean, I'm a historian, so that's, that's what I do. But there there are two things that I would say. First of all, Jefferson's contemporaries called him on this. When he was circulating yeah. those drafts, there were people who signed the Declaration, who were you know founding fathers, too, who were like, this is too much. This is What going particular too far.
1: did they find was too much?
4: The descriptions. They thought that, first of all, they hurt the cause that Jefferson said he believed in, and second, they thought that he was... Plain, plain, dirty with the facts. They thought right. he was exaggerating, and distorting because he. Do, had this do you know belief.
1: specifically, like, because the first one is is uh, present is more could be, believable. Could be cynical. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. we know we I, we don't disagree it's with you. Bad but stress, shut up. Bad optics. But, but the se- bad optics, right? But the second one, I'm curious. did they think all his facts? Did Did they actually think? No, they're no Tom. They're just as smart as we are. Yeah.
4: It, it, they didn't have modern views they weren't 21st century enlightened enlightened people but they did say you're not you're being unfair you're, they were you're
2: inferior whites you know that's what we have to well, I mean there's, like,
4: there, there's a guy named Charles Thompson who was the secretary of the Continental Congress and he talked to Jefferson and read the draft and was like this, you're going too far. This isn't accurate. And so what Jefferson did to appease him was put in a couple caveats where Jefferson was like, this is just a hypothesis. And so Jefferson didn't change the facts or change what he thought. He just tried to add a little bit of figurative language. Right. But there's one other point I think that's really important, and it gets to exactly what you're saying, that yes, there's this big idea of inferiority. Yes, Lincoln says a little bit about inferiority, but his opponent during those debates in 1858, Stephen Douglas, is goes much farther. And where do those ideas come from? They come from Jefferson's book. So like when I talk about Jefferson's oh, book having a horrifying legacy, it was widely influential. Abolitionists would try to cite the passages that said slavery was wrong, but everybody else cited the passages about the inferiority. So if you want to find like the ur-text, the bible in American literature and history for this idea about inferiority, it comes from Jefferson. But I, but book. I feel like wow. like
0: like the presidents like back then, they felt it and they wrote it. Maybe somebody right now they feel it but they know better not to write it.
4: Yeah, and Jefferson Jefferson's book caused him a lot of trouble. This will speak to a little bit of what you're saying. When Jefferson ran for president, his book, you know, got turned into sound bites and caused him trouble, but it wasn't really the slavery passages that did it. It was the stuff about religion where Jefferson basically argued for religious tolerance and said, you know, it doesn't make sense to say that other people uh, have different beliefs than me that's not for the government to deal with we should just let everybody do what they want to do and so those passages in the book were what caused Jefferson so much problems when he ran for president there would be town halls where people would jump up and read from the book and be like you know this is this is who he is he's an atheist so the book caused him problems and I, I think that example sort of caused other politicians yeah. to, be a little careful. to be like right
1: so so the, I, the, I have a really good Jefferson quote here I hope he's gonna come uh, right up yeah um which website are you looking is it? At? George
3: Jefferson? <laughs> it's it's <his> Twitter. <laughs> is Wheezy his, in it <laughs> from his Twitter? He said that. <laughs> he just tweeted this. Did he yell at Lionel? So while
0: you, while you find it, I'm gonna ask a question: Is um, you know, in your book, you covered the uh, books that presidents wrote after becoming a president mm-hmm. or before or both? Both both yeah
4: i think I, it kind of helped me figure it out because it's a big topic i mean we're, it's from jefferson all the way up to obama and trump and so i thought about the books before i kind of call those campaign books like yeah. a book that helps them run for office yeah. or influence so
0: usually the yeah they write a book before but
4: then they write a book after and, and they get a lot of money for that one and
0: yeah those
3: i call those legacy books who wrote well, the most books uh, teddy roosevelt yeah teddy did teddy was a busybody he really how many was. wrote about cuba when he's I'm, I'm
0: surprised that jfk mm-hmm. didn't write a book after just kidding okay this is this is linda this is inter- johnson did though <laughs> yeah I know. Uh,
1: this is an interesting jefferson quote but it's a little bit long so i don't know if, i don't know if hearing it you'll, you'll be able to take it all in but anyways he says the whole commerce between master and slave is a perpetual exercise of the most boisterous passions the most unremitting despotism d- despotism on the part and degrading submission oh, oh, i'm sorry Start again. Most unremitting despotism on the one part and degrading submissions on the other. Our child this is what I find, is it? our children see this and learn to imitate it for man is an imitative animal. The parent storms, the child looks on, catches the lineaments of wrath, puts on the same airs in the circle of smaller slaves, gives loose to his worst passions and thus nursed, educated and daily exercised in tyranny cannot but be stamped by it with with its odious peculiarities, the man who must be a pro, the man must be a prodigy who can refrain his manners and morals undepraved by such circumstances. Sure. Which I I don't know if you could follow whole. Oh, no, okay, he's saying like you're raised in
3: it. It and, becomes you, and to come out of it, you got to be a prodigy, and
1: only a, a prodigy can get beyond it which it sounds like he's talking about himself
3: yeah well. you, you
0: know I, can, I can't help when you say that as I think of uh, Greg Geraldo, the like Greg Geraldo but you know joke uh, if Trump wrote the same thing it will be it's hot as fuck out uh, here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like look at the language he's using like yeah. he's making something horrible seems so good
4: well that's from I mean that yeah. from his book. Is that from the book? Yeah, it is. My dear but, Margaret. <laughs> but, but here's what I would say. Who's he talking about in that passage? He's talking about the slave owner. And right. so Jefferson is willing to apply logic and look at context and say, you know, children who are slave owners will grow up to be slave owners themselves because they've seen it. That's fair. That's trying to understand. He does not extend that courtesy to the slaves. He doesn't think, you know, how would being a slave change how you would think or act? Exactly. There's no look at that context. Exactly. It's just they're inferior because yeah. of who they are. Right. And so that's an example where Jefferson tells on himself a little bit. I mean, he's willing to be fair and look at how slavery can harm the owner side of the equation, but, but he's not as fair to the slave side. But, but, but it's so
1: fascinating that he talks about its odious peculiarities. Yeah. He, he describes the sadism of it. Right. Yeah. He has a love affair with a black woman. He has... Black or half black uh, children, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet, yeah. he's 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 a, racist. He, he's a he's he's a <laughs> he's complicated from, person. Yeah. So you're saying uh, that's so a so, reason with himself.
0: Sometimes they write books exactly. before to help them get elected. That's right. Uh, who who uh, who is the most um, like what's the percentage of people writing books getting elected actually?
4: Um well nowadays it feels like everybody does it right like yeah. if somebody writes a book you're like oh that's a clue they're going to run for president you know it's easy to be cynical about it but that that was pretty popular even in the earliest part of the 20th century so like in the 1920s the new york times was joking and being like wow it sure seems like everybody wants to run for president has a book together like but- do you think any
0: race that we know recently that was dictated by a book maybe sales yeah. i
4: think there's two really good big ones um one is 2008 with obama i mean that's that's honestly what gave me the idea for the book when i saw how big dreams from my father was and how yeah essential that was to the campaign but Another great example is Kennedy in nineteen sixty and, and that's, that's which, he did,
1: a, which he didn't write. Uh, no,
4: not at all. It was butt on the pages. Yeah. He did not write. No, not at all. I spent a lot of time because this like there's so much gossip positive the Kennedys. Party, yeah. 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 And that's I mean that's one of the Who reasons. wrote it?
3: Judy Bloom? Frank <laughs> Frank Sinatra.
2: <laughs> Actually I mean
1: Frank Sinatra like, wrote it. J- g- 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 what's, what's the gangster that Sinatra was? Oh uh Ch- from, the- Gambi- G- uh, no, uh,
3: from uh, uh, Chicago uh yeah, whatever good
4: yeah no but i mean there's like more than a dozen people were involved in one way or another there's all you know took a village to write that book but ted Sorensen was the main oh guy. ted Sorensen, right and, yeah. what's, and he became Kenny's speechwriter, right what's the yeah. best
0: uh book presidential book sales that was sold ever
4: it would be in in the 20th oh. century it'd be profiles and in the 21st century it'd be obama's book. obama's book mm-hmm. yeah obama before or after it was uh, in every barber shop i went to <laughs> yeah so d- dreams from my father and audacity of hope together sold six million copies. Okay, wow. Yeah. Well, are, you, are you counting, counting Trum- very good?
0: What about Trump's uh, art of the deal? Yeah, deal of the art, or art, art of, of the deal. deal.
4: Right. Yeah. Like just what? what do I think? about I it? cannot. <laughs> I cannot. About? I it. sales wise, it's one yeah, of the no, best. It, sold, it didn't sell as many as he says it sold. Yeah, but it did sell a lot. <laughs> oh,
0: really? that was Shock a big book. it. Yeah, yeah. So He's I read. Sold.
1: I read art of the deal. I don't. I know. I don't really usually finish books, but I read a little bit of art of the deal back then. And uh, I two things I and then I and then I reviewed it a little bit in twenty sixteen. So two things about that, because they always talk about how it was ghostwritten. Mm-hmm. First of all, it doesn't it doesn't feel uh ghost written to the extent that people are trying to pretend it 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 reads just like Trump talks. I agree. So it really reads like there was like some extensive interviewing done and the guy took it and, and, and put it together. But and I only remember one thing for, And and by the way, it describes <laughs> Uh, Trump wheeling and dealing on a pretty high level, yeah. like a lot of moving parts to deals, and it's mm-hmm. all pretty smart. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't know how his mind is working these days. Right. But he wasn't an idiot back
3: he then. He wasn't an idiot. No. Right.
1: And but I do remember one thing, and it always stayed with me, which was that he said, "I learned very early." Always talk to the boss. He's the only one who cares. Like, and, and it's true. Like anybody has a problem in the yeah, company, seller. I come. Who I come to? <laughs> if, 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 but it's true. Like if yeah. a customer's unhappy about something, even even no matter how I train my staff, yeah. they're way better off coming directly to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, way better. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm the only one who doesn't need to ask permission to take care of it. Exactly, and once and, you say it's done, yeah. and I'm the only one who's truly invested. Beyond just getting paid for, it just as a matter of personal pride or whatever it is. I just, you're you're my customer. I'll do whatever you need, you know? So, and and Trump had that insight in his book. So anyway, go ahead.
4: No, I think those are really good points. And in, in my book I actually I don't have a problem with ghostwriting. I think ghostwriting can produce really good books. Mm. Um, the problem with the Kennedy example, which we could talk about later if you want, but it's it's just that he wanted a Pulitzer prize. Like yeah. there's a difference between a ghostwritten book and a ghostwritten book that gets you the best literary prize in the
1: country. Oh, and by the way, Trump Trump the, the guy who supposedly goes Right, Tony Schwartz. is listed on the cover. Yeah,
4: it's not a secret. So it's not yeah. like, like
1: ghostwritten, you know, right. yeah. not a secret. Yeah. yeah so so, so-
0: Oh uh, ahead.
4: Well, I was just gonna say I interviewed Trump's editor to kind of get the behind-the-scenes story, oh. and it backs up exactly what you say. First of all, as, as a, a, an aside that just shows how crazy history is, Obama and Trump ended up having the same editor. The same editor who bought dreams from my father, yeah. the art of the deal. White so, man.
1: White man make all the money. That ain't surprising to me. <laughs> so what, what stories did he tell? What stories did he tell about?
4: Well, he talked about, first of all, the story of how they got Trump to do the book deal. Um, for for all the all the rhetoric about him being a master negotiator, it, it didn't really go down like that. They took a really fat novel, and they wrapped it in black, shiny paper, and they put the name Trump in big gold letters.
3: Oh, <laughs> brilliant.
4: So it was, it was like show and tell. Brilliant. They had a, they had a prop. And so they go in (laughs) to meet with him, and they're like, you know, books by business people are really big right now. You're a business person in New York. Because he he wasn't really a national figure yet. The book, it wasn't Twitter that made him big. It was this book that made him big in the 80s. And so he... They show him the book and he's like, I think maybe my name could be a little bit bigger, but let's do it. <laughs> and he, he didn't ask for more money. He did he he took what they offered him. And you're absolutely right that that the ghostwriter made it. And so the ghostwriter tried to sit down with him and do the standard thing, like, tell me when you were born, tell me about your life. And according to the ghostwriter, Trump just didn't have the attention span for it, didn't want to do that. So the solution they came up with, which I think is why it captures his voice, I totally agree with you, is the the ghostwriter would sit in on phone calls without uh. people on the other end of the line knowing. So, you know, Trump would be making his business deals, maybe throwing out lines like the manager one you mentioned, and the ghostwriter would just be listening and sort of absorbing the way Trump spoke and thought. And so he got a lot of really good access to him. And, and I think he did a good job capturing who Trump was and what Trump was about in that. I, book. I heard a story that you, you, interesting.
0: you mentioned that uh, the editor of Clinton's book had to uh, sleep in the couch yeah. to make sure he's done. Yeah, that's that's so Clinton. <laughs>
4: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's when you look at them as writers and kind of go behind the scenes, whether it's Kennedy or Clinton, you really can see the human side of them. So, like, Clinton had 50, get 15 million dollars for his book Damn. so if, if he doesn't turn this book in on time like thousands of people are going to lose their jobs and he's not turning it in on time he's procrastinating he's traveling to give lots of speeches and so in the end the only way they could meet the deadline was to have the editor go to clinton's house and sleep on the couch to make sure he would focus and finish the book wow. i would
0: you would think that clinton have an extra bedroom not a couch but you know uh, <laughs> it's or weird the, or the couch <laughs> yeah. might have been occupied you know, I to, yeah. yeah so how is somebody write book about themselves becomes history like like it's history from their point of view, right?
4: Yeah, and that's the the books can sometimes be really, really biased and I you know I, I try to be honest about that when that happens or I try to go behind the scenes. so I don't I don't really give you Clinton's version of Clinton's presidency because if you really want to read that, he wrote a thousand pages on it i don't really start off three. he's a sexy man <laughs> this bill clinton yeah so <laughs> he can he can tell that story i didn't really have a lot of interest in telling the, the sexy bill clinton.
3: who wrote right. a woodrow wilson story because he had a stroke his wife was the ghost president fuck a ghost writer
4: right yeah he he wanted to write a book he he actually would get in fights with republicans and, and he'd go back to his staffers and say you know what i'm not going to be president much longer and when i'm out i'm going to tell the real story so he was ready to write the book and, and he had and, this so, and so his he, wife
3: took over. She was really the first female president. She had, we had in,
4: yeah, so. she had a lot. of So can art. they
3: write whatever you want after? Did Let's she write a book?
4: She did write a book. He didn't. He never wrote a book, but wow. she did write a book, and it was really popular. Yeah.
3: Wow, that's what I want to read.
4: Yeah, it's a good. It's like it's still really entertaining to read today. And there's a lot of. Good
1: <clears throat> Has every president uh, written his memoirs? Roosevelt obviously didn't because he died. Truman wrote. JFK right. didn't.
4: Yeah. So I, if you start with Teddy Roosevelt in 1913. Every president since, with with like a kind of half exception for like George H. W. Bush, because he wrote a book, but it wasn't a, a traditional memoir. Anyone who didn't die in office, like Kennedy or FDR, wrote, wrote a the book. book. they are
3: trying to keep up with Teddy, though. Right? Yeah. Teddy but, was like Adderall as a human. It's he's an amazing. He guy. wrote and fucking read right. all day every day.
4: It was insane. People would say that when he would read a book, it was like a metronome. Just
3: yeah,
1: like, hey, just <laughs> It, it was crazy. Did you ever he- read this book, The River of Doubt? Yeah. Uh, it was a story about uh, uh, Teddy Kennedy. Uh, Teddy Kennedy. Teddy Roosevelt uh, doing a trip to Brazil. He discovered a river and named oh, yeah. it. Yeah, and, and wrote and a book th- during. And the there period. was a whole. There was a murder or something. i do right.
3: remember. And it was, it was like. Oh, that's right. It was a murder in a village. Yeah. And he tried to solve it. And try to. Yeah. And they
1: and they, they went to some. They were hungry, and they went to some village, and they and they found themselves in somebody's house or something. Somebody's house, and there was food, and they wouldn't take any. 'Cause it wasn't there. there yeah. If I remember now right yeah, like, yeah. like just such a different time. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. He, he would not allow anybody to take anything. They had to wait until they were yep. wow. offered. Yeah. So
0: uh you also write in your books That should be a movie. I don't know why that the books that, movie. that they uh read, not only wrote, right? right? Yeah. You discuss, you know. Why is that?
4: Well, I mean I think anybody who's a writer has to be a reader first. Yeah. Which I mean, president? all of them probably (laughs) especially in the especially in the 20th century probably a lot of them um But, I mean, you guys have to study comedians when you're starting out. Like, that's that's how you learn. That's how you figure out how to do it. So I think it's the same way with writing. And there were so many examples, like, kind of a surprising example is Ulysses S. Grant, who wrote a really good book after he left the White House. And I think it's so good because he loved reading fiction. He loved novels.
3: Plus, he was a drinker, and they're always good writers. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) He wasn't quite as much of a drinker. Like, Southern historians kind of came up with that story because they really wanted to make him look bad. And. Uh, playing up his dream. you know. I I read up. an
0: interesting story that JFK was a big James Bond novel fan, yeah. Yeah. and he, both him and Lee Harvey Oswald read James Bond the night before. Wow, he was murdered. Wow, wow. Read the Al same moon. No, I actually... <laughs> <not>. <laughs> um <laughs> Why everything? All my information have to come from Al Jazeera.
3: <laughs> Some
0: um. of it does, but.
1: <laughs> By the way, I think they're reevaluating Grant now. That like he was that he wasn't. About. Actually, such a bad president. I thought he was a good president.
4: He was. There's been a real, really big reconsideration about him as a general, about him as a president, about him as a drinker. Yeah. All this stuff was, and this kind of shows you how history works. There's this idea in the South called the Lost Cause, and so there were all these history books that wanted to make uh, Robert E. Lee look like this sort of dignified, saintly figure, and make the South look like you know they should have won the war, or they they were the noble losers, and. Pretty much everybody in the country who was white, at least, was bought into that because they they wanted to heal. They didn't want they wanted the country to come back together, and so that that idea lasted for decades. And it really made Grant come off as a terrible president. But more recent historians, I think, have made really persuasive cases that he was a, a solid president and certainly a great general.
1: Yeah. Now, what, what did uh, Lincoln write?
4: He actually wrote a book. That was the big surprise for me. I spent ten years on this, and and the thing that surprised me the most was that Lincoln wrote a book. Was it
3: The Color Purple? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was it?
4: <laughs> well, it was it was the it was the it was not fiction. It was uh, it was The Roots. <laughs>
3: <laughs> roots, not the Roots. That's the band. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: sorry. <laughs>
4: it was uh, the it, it was the the debates that he had with Stephen Douglas. Oh yeah. And so those like in those debates where Jefferson's in ideas in, in Illinois oh, when yeah, they Illinois. were running okay. for Senate. Oh, okay, okay. But the, you know those ideas of Jefferson's that are still coming up and still so important and, and influential in American culture. They had the debates and and for most people, you know, we had the debates. Let's move on. But there were newspaper reporters there who were kind of making transcripts, so you know you could read about him in the newspaper. Then you throw your newspaper away. But Lincoln realized that he had he had won the debates. He'd done a really good job making his case and, and delivering his side. And so he worked really hard to gather up these old newspapers, which is really hard to do in 1858. Like you got to write letters, you got to hope that they haven't thrown them away. You got to use
3: microfilm. You got to yeah. send slaves out to gather the newspapers. <laughs>
4: and so he he whatever means he uses, uh,
2: he eventually <laughs> teach the slaves to read. <laughs> You send them to go get the news. What's the newspaper, of sir? Pardon me, boy. <laughs> oh,
4: God. Jesus God. Christ. Now, so so he, he gets the newspapers, turns them into a book, oh. edits them really carefully. Like, he's reading with a pencil. He's making little corrections because he, he's a book lover and he's a perfectionist. And so this ends up coming out in 1860, and it sells 50,000 copies, which if you adjust those sales to, like, you know today's population, good. half a million. So this, this was after everybody.
3: his Astra speech that made him the candidate when he the came Cooper to New York. Union yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's
4: they were kind of happening at the same time. The book was already in progress and the Cooper Union speech was big. Other people have talked about that. Huge. A lot of people read it. But this book was bigger, honestly. Like This book was everywhere. That that speech right. was big, but in right. a it newspaper, then it and then it moves right. on. Right. right. A book is durable, right. a book, especially in that time you share. Like Lincoln couldn't afford books growing up. His books were books he borrowed from other people. And that's what a lot of readers did, because books, that was another big surprise for me in working on this, is that how expensive books were and how precious books were.
1: Like, yeah. was very labor intensive. Yeah,
4: exactly, especially as it changes in printing technology. And I try to work all that into my book, because it's sort of a history of readers, too, and sort of like how they get books and why they love books. But, so that's why libraries so. It
3: seems like it started because people borrowed books from other people. Then they just said, let's have a place you can borrow books so from. I, I think actually they stole the concept of the library from Africa. Oh, here we go. Finally, um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <Preach>
1: brother. <laughs> you still don't know whether I'm kidding or not. I know you're kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh,
3: what's the,
1: uh, uh, takes, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so Lincoln was our most gifted writer. I think, yeah. Clearly, right. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm from Indiana, so I'm
4: biased, is, but I, I, think, yeah, he's, I think he's clearly the best writer. Yeah.
1: I mean, there is something. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in the supernatural, but there is something remarkable about American history that when we need the most, these great people come
0: along.
3: Yeah, I, I, agree. I mean Lincoln. Who's, I mean, amazing, right? great. Yeah. Right Who's time, great right place.
0: Lincoln. Who else? And I mean, there's no George
3: Washington. <laughs> uh, I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> George Washington came at the right time. Adams, right time. Yeah. Uh, was there no? Crisis? I was. was there, I was trying to get no
0: I'm to say. Trump. I don't know if Adams handled
3: any
1: any, any real crises
3: uh, like. Uh, he helped uh, the the what's the uh, the boat full of slaves get uh get back. Amistad. Yes.
1: Uh, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was John Quincy Adams, right? That was that. Adams is Adams I to think, me. I you free slaves, was, baby.
0: I think that was. What about the Declaration of Independence?
4: Jefferson wrote that, but one thing that's, that's really su- surprising is that nobody knew and nobody cared. Like today, <laughs> people think about Jefferson and the Declaration, and that's like the first thing they think of, is yeah. that he did this, and you know he was a great writer, and, and it really mattered. But people just thought of writers differently back then. And so the Declaration comes out, and what matters is that it's it's a bunch of colonies together making it. Nobody's like, who's the one person who, who wrote that? Who put this together,
3: right. Right, right. because
4: – Author was not a profession yet. Like, you couldn't. I found these great letters where people who wanted to be writers were like, I hope one day writers can make as much money as cobblers who make shoes. Like, maybe one day we'll achieve that dream. But <laughs> most writers at that time are just like, you know, it's something they do on the side.
1: Like they, comedians.
4: Yeah. I was whoa, whoa. Say, whoa, that's whoa, like, whoa. It,
1: it, am I remembering correctly that, that Jefferson didn't come up with the phrase pursuit of happiness? That was Franklin. I
4: right. It was Franklin's edit. But yeah. yeah. And, Which,
1: so, and that's really the money phrase. I mean, like, like, really. Life, liberty, but the pursuit of happiness is so ahead of its time. It is hard, as in terms of really. Who will put that in, Franklin? Franklin, what it means to be like, what it is that we're trying to accomplish to give people in life. You can tell that he took trips. He took trips
3: to France. That's why he was. (laughs) (laughs) It got to come from somewhere. But not
0: happiness. The pursuit of happiness. I think that's. That's yeah, but I mean I mean I mean, I, mean, I mean,
3: I mean, I mean, that's that's the best, the
1: quickest definition yeah. of freedom that there is, right? That's, that's the a man who happiness. had a menage a trois. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson's
4: version was longer; it was it was clunky, and Franklin just pared it down and, and made it click. Yeah. Totally now,
1: Franklin different. wrote; uh, he's not a president, but he wrote an autobiography. He that's outside the purview of your. Uh... I talk
4: about it a little bit, a because it's an awesome book and it's still a lot of fun to read today. But I mean, he you know he wasn't a president, but he was such an important statesman, and that that's... book influenced lots of people. Like John Adams ended up reading that after Franklin was gone and. Adams was just jealous. He was just like, you know, I wish there had been a Franklin to describe my life because not only did he live an amazing life, but he wrote about it so well. Yeah. And the fact that that book has been so influential, I think that's one of the reasons that autobiography is still such an American
3: way to write books. Like, right.
1: So really I, have like- a, I have a political reaction to this that Sherrod will not like or, or nobody there will we like. we go. You yeah. want
3: to use the N-word again. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the N-word.
1: No, no. Uh, uh, but I, well, I, I am thinking about, like, that, that... leaving that aside. Okay. Um, we spend so much time talking about our education system in America now and it's always it's always occurred to me and I probably said it on this podcast before that these people were raised in one room schoolhouses, no computers no smart boards not even a a clear uh, segregation by age my father went to school in the 30s there's basically no technology to speak of and we'd be very happy if our students today could come out on the level that people were routinely turned out at yeah. uh, at, at, at these times when when books were at a premium, which to me says that money has nothing to do with it whatsoever. But that's a very outlier position. People say, oh, the scores are bad. We need to spend more money on schools. I say, well, why? Why would they think that it's money?
3: Because you can still do well at school and be starving on the way home.
1: No, but I'm saying that why will money There seems to the be, be no
3: correlation between the, this, money spent and
1: and the this students doing ra- better. Plus, you gotta get around.
3: new books. You gotta have books that don't have graffiti in them, and gotta be new well, books without pages missing. But he's, I guess. he's saying, if, yeah, if, just if, saying if like
2: the levels, the the education levels were higher, coming out of like. A fucking bunker with like the one aunt that was able to teach 30 kids in that village
3: right but it's all about access if somebody else got more access to things than you already behind right but so, so, so you can still have the access they had in the 30s but if you can okay. go through a 1800 libraries on your computer right and okay. only one library at a time on on okay. foot
1: i'm gonna tell you don't have an advantage if you had if you had two school districts and one was uh performing much better than the other mm. and the one that was performing much better also had smart boards People would just assume correlation because they should say, well, of it's course, they need smart boards there. And I'm telling you, no, that's they, w- not always they would give the other district smart boards and it would make absolutely no difference.
3: Yeah, that's not always case. It's the case. You'd have kids
2: duct tape to those
1: smart boards. It, it doesn't boards.
3: matter. Because
1: you don't need that stuff to learn to read and write.
2: There's a good, uh, in response Please. to that, there's a guy Marshall McLellan. He was like a Canadian philosopher. what
1: Woody Allen talks about, uh, about, about the...
2: Uh, he did yeah. Global Village. Yeah. But yeah. his whole yeah. thing was like these schools are built for a time... When the information inside the building, in the school, was more abundant than outside the building. Right. And so today, literally, kids going to school are aware that there is more well, information, information outside, outside the Agreed. building. Yep. Thing. And this is this is like in the 50s. This is before the internet, yeah. he was saying this. Yeah. But this the education is buildings. not
0: only information, it's a, the social part. It's social, which you know. social
2: is a huge part. I think it's more co- important than anything. Uh, to me, I think that's the number one thing that like college is for. Like you don't really need to go to college. But I know some kids that went like straight to UCB after college and, like, they never got punched in the face. You know what I mean? Like, you could, <laughs> yeah. you could just tell that they never had that socialization in the same way. I got punched
3: in the face at home. Yeah, that'll do You could skip I was college. <laughs> I was ready for the world. I never got punched <laughs> in the face. <laughs> and with shows, no. <laughs>
2: Figuratively, <laughs> Show. they never had to socialize in a certain way where so, everybody was like, hey, you're around people now. Your mom and dad aren't here. Like, shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah. What, what do you
1: think? The, to- the
3: most important thing in the world. Think. Yeah.
1: Even yeah. the spelling. Like, I've, I've seen some of these firsthand... Uh, documents, but like Reagan and 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 uh, other many people, uh, and the spelling is almost always. I mean, it's, from time to time there's a mistake. I can't get through three lines without misspelling
3: yeah. something. <laughs> <but laughs> what wh-
1: What were they doing? How did they teach them these things? They 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 taught them rules of spelling, I guess, and and was a and and nothing. They didn't spend much time teaching anything but reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah. My daughter comes home with so much crap from school. Like, what do you even do in school all day? Like you're learning about this and that and, and they, she comes home with dumb politics and she talks about Trump building the wall and all that. She's in third grade. It's like, what are, what are they? Like, and I said, can you spell cow? Like, C-O-U? I'm like, no. Oh,
0: no. I thought it was C-O-U.
1: It's, it's C-O-W, by the way. Well, don't give me the wrong information here. So what else? What, what so, are your yeah, other a, favorite stories?
0: Uh, I have a question, actually. Yep. Did any... President wrote up b- in his book about another president. Yeah, that happened. Like, 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 a like a bad. Like hanging like, on him.
4: <laughs> yeah, the, John Adams is actually a really good there example go. of that, where he. So everybody knows the duel between Alexander Hamilton and Burr and Hamilton
1: yeah. dies. Everybody know. knows, but may- maybe you should just tell us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm
4: going I'm to tell you an, an unknown aside. from that. I'm trying to start with some shared
2: They were both technology. rapping at the time.
0: That's right. right. <laughs> I pre- Battle rappers, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Some
4: beef. I don't know if he knows. About
0: or just point at me at everything. <laughs> I mean, he's outside. So
4: this has just happened at the same time John Adams is writing the presidential autobiography, the first one, which yeah. nobody knows. And Adams writes about Hamilton. And he sa- actually says, you know, sure this guy just died, but just because he died with a bullet in his spine and may have repented at the very end, I'm not going to go easy on him just because of that. Yeah, they, like yeah. that's how angry right. Adams was. That's how nasty he was. Nasty he would, dude. when he wrote about Thomas Paine, he would just revise and revise until he got the perfect dig, the perfect zinger. What was his beef with Hamilton? Um, well, they were both in Washington's administration together, and they just had lots of disputes. Yeah. A lot of them were personal too, and um, they just they had. Lots of frustrations, and, and Adams was somebody who could find a beef with anybody. Yeah, like cause. as long as Adams was, you know, spent at least an hour in your presence, there would be something that Adams didn't like, and, and there would be something you didn't get. He ain't like Hamilton
3: for. was an island boy. <laughs> Came up from the big city, from the islands, making his fortune.
0: <laughs> anything recently?
4: More recently, in terms of that, they're a little more like they try to be a little more stately now. Like they're yeah. like a lot of the good attacks get cut because they yeah. want to sound presidential. I saw this word again and again. Like LBJ is a great example. So he wrote. You were mentioning earlier. He wrote a. He wrote a president. Presidential memoir and when they started working on it it was Lyndon Johnson and some ghostwriters and so they would just ask Johnson questions and say go <clears throat> and he would have amazing stories he yeah. would be cussing a bunch yes. he would be oh, doing bitch. Im- yeah exactly <laughs> he would be doing impressions of the people he hated like it was really really good stuff and then they would go write it up and they'd be like this is going to be such a great book and they would take them to him and he would say, "We can't use any of that. That's not presidential." Oh! Uh, exactly. So thankfully, a couple of these transcripts have survived. Oh, you, you for you, real? Yeah, you can get like the real stuff, like uh, you know, LBJ talking about how he really felt when he found out that Kennedy was was assassinated. So, but there's not a lot of that in that his survived. words. Yeah,
2: was he stoked?
4: Ah, uh, he. He actually, it's pretty crazy. He started talking about his own anger towards Dallas. Like they asked him about it. And before he talks about what happens in Dallas, he starts saying, you know, Dallas has always done, done me wrong. And so he sort <laughs> like he goes back and talks about his time in Texas state politics, yeah. and you'd think that he would be getting to you know the assassination that was still terrifying an entire nation, but instead he's like, "I'm I'm going to talk about time 30 years ago when Dallas didn't treat me fairly," <laughs> and that's that's a very presidential thing to do. That's right, Trump like. So yeah, yeah
0: that would be my next question. What what do you think the title and the book of Trump would be for everybody uh, if he survives
2: to write a memoir?
0: Oh, he will, right. He's probably wrote it already. Uh, one tweet at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the title right there <laughs> That's
3: actually funny. I, I,
4: I think Trump's book will be like the LBJ version he didn't want to get out because yeah. I don't think Trump is that worried about seeming presidential and so right. Most of these books try to sort of, you know appeal to unity and try to try I to want a good read. I mean, Trump might give it to you. I
3: think. I think so.
4: I think he's going to be really angry, and I I'm not going to say that we can call any of it truthful. Who knows? But it's going to be angry. And it's I see be, a lot of pictures
3: in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that
4: seems like a safe bet.
2: Screenshots.
1: Well, yeah. have you ever? Have you ever? Um, this is not. It's, it's just. It's just uh, tangential. But sure. I always notice which presidents have the people who were close to them write books about them, sometimes while they're still in the administration and afterwards where they kind of spill all and say negative things. And which presidents, for instance, one that comes to mind is Reagan. Almost nobody who worked with Reagan, except for his stockman, I guess, ever said a bad word about Reagan. Nobody left his administration and wrote negative books. Even even after his funeral, they revered him. George H.W. was crying at the funeral. Obama... He wasn't even out of office yet. Panetta came out and blasted him for breaking the red line, whatever it is. And what I took from that was that somehow Obama had not connected personally with the people in his administration the way Reagan had. And I, and I think and I don't know, you probably know the details, but I think each president, you can measure something about. Their relationships, because listen, if you if you if you're close or you admire or he's you, he's also an
3: older god, like a grandfatherly figure to most of the guys in his fucking. It is dad. a pretty.
1: Imagine you're Leon Panetta and you come out with a book while Obama is still president. That's a piece of shit, right? Well, what I'm saying is it shows that.
3: Yeah. There's not a lot, couldn't be a lot of love lost between them for him to do such but a thing. But it could also mean that in your administration, you brought dudes that you might not necessarily agree with, but could help your administration. So you all, you, know, you got to play chess with motherfuckers who you know don't like you in the first place. It could be so that. So if they I, leave, uh, they're going to fucking try to drop a. Uh, did anyone
2: do that with the Bushes or Clinton? Well, actually, actually like, is Reagan the outlier Clinton, or is Obama the outlier? Well, I think Clinton well, had some negative books. It
3: actually
4: changed a little bit under Reagan. Like Stockman, you mentioned, is one example, but there were a lot of books that were very anti-Reagan. And it happened so fast that books bashing Reagan by people who had been in Reagan's White House came out before the books by Carter's people came out. Like oh, I didn't laughed. know. Yeah. So
1: who wrote negative books about Reagan?
4: Like Don Regan is a really good example. Lana Have Reagan heard he wrote <laughs> a, he did. Uh, yeah. heard right, this? He, <laughs> <did. yeah>. uh, <laughs> he wrote
1: a bad book about Reagan. Don
4: Regan, yeah. Like, Do you remember the stories about the astrologer and how they were oh, the yeah, color-coding? Yeah. That came from Don Regan's book. Uh, but I mean, the reason I think that changed is that publishing changed. So we were talking about Trump's art of the deal and how they just give him a big pile of money because they want the celebrity book. And so the nineteen eighties is when that changed. That's when there's like Walden books and all kinds of malls and there's this real desire for celebrity books. Right. And so a political book that's a little mean and a little gossipy can can work in that system and really sell. So Stockman, um, Regan, those books around Reagan really come out. And I mean the same thing is true with Obama that those books made those people a lot of money. A lot so of money. a big reason that they came out and had at least one really negative story is that's how you're
1: getting... But the, the Reagan thing was was like uh, about Nancy Reagan. It was kind of like gossipy, Yeah. but it really didn't go to the heart of the Reagan presidency so much. But you're right, it, was, it, it did make him look bad to yeah. some extent. But I mean, some of these books about some of these other presidents, I yeah. mean, they really... And about Trump, I mean, they just take them apart.
2: I, but are they losing steam? Like, it feels like the Trump ones, there's so many. Like, yeah. I don't fucking know anybody who read any of this shit. Well, some there's, of them
1: that weren't that credible. Like, that was it Michael Steele's had his name? I mean, Michael, Michael Steele. O- Omarosa, oh, row one, Wolf.
2: two, right? Huh? Oh, uh, right. Wolf oh. and Omarosa wrote a book, right? Wow, she, there was a bunch okay. of quotes, but like nobody read it. I don't know if they got like advances. That who's Michael Steele? Oh, he's that Republican guy. He's he the, no, be, he's, he's, he's of... British, right?
1: No, Michael Steele's oh, name and that, that black guy used black be chairman guy. He of the, was the RNC. RNC. Black right.
3: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the chairman. Now speaking of presidents, what about first ladies? Sure, because I know Nancy Reagan had some uh, scandalous stories in Hollywood. They used to call her jawbone. Well, <laughs> back me up. <laughs> back I don't know. I think I'm going to give, I think I'm going to pivot to a different. Okay, Nancy but Reagan's you know
4: what story. I'm talking about.
0: No, comment. if you're more comfortable, we, will, we can talk about uh, Michelle Obama.
4: No, well, let's talk about Nancy <laughs> Reagan because it actually speaks to what you were saying. She had a book come out called My Turn, but she worked so hard to answer all these other books criticizing it that, that her nickname or the nickname for the book in Washington was My Burn because she was just trying to get it, trying to settle these fights and tell her side. Right. Um, but as a rule, I, I think first ladies' books are generally better and a lot of times I they agree. sell better. Like a good example, from the Carters, Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter, his wife, in both their memoirs, they tell the story of the Pope visiting the White House. Right, and like Jimmy Carter's book, then moves on and just says, "Let's talk about you know the next day and the politics." Only in the and only in the first lady's book does she say after the pope left we watched a movie starring Bo Derek and I don't know about yeah. you guys but I would rather like read yeah, a version yeah, yeah, of history <laughs> that has Bo Derrick. because that's personal. like a reality exactly. show True. exactly yeah yes. and so the first ladies are they're not worried about that word presidential they're much yeah. uh, Lyndon Johnson's wife wrote a really wonderful book that's very personal and so the first ladies are not as worried about you know what will history think what is presidential right they tell the personal side and and I would rather read that
3: myself. Rosalind also talk about like her meetings that she had in the White House and not having all. Own fucking, because she did a lot of things by herself in the White House. Yeah,
4: no, they would they would talk about you know kind of their policy brief and, and Michelle Obama's is a good example of this too, where she talks about the personal side and and you know their their uh, quest to have kids and that kind of stuff, but then also talks about the other stuff too. And, and so did she say
1: they went to relationship counseling.
4: There was some stuff
3: about
0: Michelle, that. Michelle Obama did. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I feel like there was a lot of stuff yeah. about fertility, right? Yeah. and and trying to have the kids. So I mean, like, when did that start? That kind of always been the the case for uh, first ladies giving up all that information. Yeah,
4: I mean, it, it 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 didn't like it wasn't like a light switch flipping. It got a little more every time. So right. Edith Edith Wilson Woodrow Wilson's yeah, wife, yeah. like, it's it's a personal book, but she didn't like tell everything about the stroke. Right. But you see more and more, and like Lyndon Johnson's wife is a really good example of a book that just started to reveal more and more of that personal. You story. know, in the well, middle,
1: also Betty Ford.
4: She yes. came forward, yeah. that, that
1: had a big change. Yeah.
4: And so Gerald Ford was so unpopular that he couldn't really get a book deal. So he and Betty Ford got a book deal together to try to save him some face. So it's like, hey, we both got this amount of money, but really she got the money because she would share those personal details. And she had better stories. Exactly. And on, and on his own. You know,
0: birth- n- not not to take it away, but uh, in the Middle East, uh, the ratio of uh, books by first ladies versus presidents is four to one. Really? Yeah. You guys get it because they have four wives. <laughs> 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 Shut up, hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a slow Laugh turn. numb. Laugh. <laughs> he's hiding. It wasn't bad, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> it was, you need Sherrod to punch it up, but I, I, think, I think that uh, actually that's not a bad premise.
0: Sherrod, sure, take it from there. <laughs>
1: uh, I work on it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. What else? Like, women are allowed to write over in the Middle East. Of- <laughs>
0: no, of course not. Uh, so, you know, uh, for. for uh, International president, you know, did you study them as well, or or just? Uh
4: I did try to look at it because there, it was this idea: like, is this something that's just American, or is this something that's that's broader? And, yeah. and today, at this point, it is broader because of that kind of blockbuster publishing. Like these books make a lot of money, so you see these books in in all kinds of different countries. But it, it really started in America. Yeah. It, the the campaign books that we were talking about. That was just an American thing, partly because the way the elections worked in America were just a different sort of process. Um, and even the autobiographies, I think because of the influence of Franklin, like four out of the first five American presidents tried to write their autobiography. And if you look at the prime ministers in Britain or, or other places, there's there's no... There's no well, comparison. no,
1: except, except that Churchill wrote extensively.
4: Right. And that even that's a little bit different in that he was a, a real scholar. like right. He was somehow able to balance being a scholar, and even his his memoirs feel as much like history as they feel like a personal story. What a great writer. Yeah, and I mean, like maybe Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt come a little bit close to him, but they're honestly still not in his league. And, and Britain has those really, those kinds of scholar statesmen. Disraeli is another example that we we don't have anybody who's in that league. Trump. Well. <laughs> <Stop>. so, <laughs> so I, I, Sanders. <laughs> oh, Sanders
0: have, has a book out, right? A couple, Yeah, yeah. 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 Already, yeah and uh, yeah. and Biden well, the, yeah. with a red cover yeah, yeah. Just, just, just a little
3: red book. Oh, uh Sanders yeah, you don't like Sanders, do you Jews no, don't I, like him well,
0: I no I don't I don't just Sanders. I actually started liking him after yesterday's debate and what he said about Israel I, like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't just him actually as a I said as on the other show that that if I like agreed with his world view, I would think he was awesome. Like I admire that he had a heart attack and came back and he says what he means and he's funny. You don't agree with his worldview? Of course not. What's his worldview? His worldview? I mean, just take the, the, the most recent thing. Who talks about the literacy of Fidel Castro when they know that he was rounding people up and putting them in torture prisons? like it's like Hitler but you know he was even really, a broken he was, clock he was, is he was, right 2 times right. Wasn't a day he vegetarian no. they made he was,
2: the trains he, run on time i mean it's yeah. it's
1: it's it's astounding and then and he didn't and, they have free healthcare in cuba uh, 6 6 months ago he wouldn't say, say what's his name in venezuela he, he couldn't <laughs> say a bad word about chavez and he, and he won't say that maduro is a dictator i mean this guy's nuts
2: mm. yeah i i think he's pretty nuts less as a jew and more as a soviet immigrant and also can i just say that i don't know a single person who's like a business owner who employs people Who's a Bernie Sanders head? No, but like he, everyone well, I, I know g- who supports Bernie Sanders a, has never stepped foot near a
0: fucking payroll tax. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think never he's a good man though. I think he means well. But I, think he I don't means think he's well. gonna get in done. What do you mean by done. means well? Like he really cares about the people. I he I think really he means wa-
2: well uh, the same way as like the Bolsheviks meant well.
0: No, I think a lot of po- politicians don't really care, but you know, but but he's not gonna get it done. That's uh
2: Get what done? Thank God he
1: can't anything. get it
0: done. Right, that's the best thing I can say about it. I, okay. I know is his impotence. I'm going from Bloomberg.
1: I, he says that uh, everybody should have health care. I, I think most people agree with that. Yeah. The idea that we would, right. be, we would be better off having nothing but one system of insurance in this company. First of all, uh, the best systems in the world are not like that. There's been multiple studies. I read some. They all got private insurance. The ones yeah. always have private. And just common sense, what would you compare it to? Like like FedEx is awesome. Okay. and obviously the post office has gotten a lot better because, because people because they have to. It's of co- to keep up with FedEx. Imagine if there was no FedEx. Like what I'm saying is, if there's no if there's no private health insurance, sure, very true, yeah. Uh, there's no pressure on the public system to to perform in any way. But
3: FedEx was paying people a little more money too. That's why people go post. The point is that if you if you
1: have office. really excellent private insurance, yeah, then the voters say, my fucking friend over there, look what they do for him. I expect my government to provide some of that for me. Yeah. But if there's only one system, but this like how many fucking lessons in history do we I need to that. look at? And Sanders, I mean, he was over in the Soviet Union praising them for their chandeliers in the subways right? and saying that the bread lines were an indication. He says in America, we, we don't have bread lines. People starve. Hey, mean, what? He said he actually said that.
2: Right. Um, well, he's, he said now, that like the I mean, bread lines are evidence that there is bread, basically, which yeah. is like. No,
3: I I stood in line. Yeah, Ethiopia ain't got no bread line. Yeah. You know what the bread line is? No line. It ain't no bread. Lines, lines. I'll I'll take it it from here. It
1: is is insanity. I'm the only
0: one who stands in a bread line. It's
1: insanity to say that lines are an indication that there is something. Lines are an indication of shortages.
2: Right. Well, that's the other bigger thing with healthcare for me is like, I don't see anybody even going to that step of like, okay, let's say you had, you know, one nationalized insurance system. You have doctors now- that don't accept Medicare or Medicaid or whatever. Like, are you going to force them if they yes. if they go out of business? or you gonna, well? That's the thing is like, make ultimately, you can add three million new people to insurance, but if we don't have enough doctors for them, that just lowers the standard for everybody. Well,
3: first of all, we ain't running out of doctors because we ain't running out of Indians coming from India. That's well, per- <laughs>
2: perhaps, but you, sy- but you need a system. But you need a system. The best way to make healthcare ex- accessible is to make it as fucking cheap and abundant as possible. Yes, and so Medicare for all, in my opinion. It could be better than the massive system that we have now, but in the ideal, you have a system where you incentivize more doctors, you incentivize more medicine, and Medicare for all. No, no, it's right
0: though. It cannot be the only option.
2: First of
1: all, it would do the opposite. America actually has really, really good healthcare, and and if you if you take time to read some of these studies about the actual statistics, we have the best cancer outcomes we have the best heart disease outcomes we have <laughs> we'll see we have if a, you got
3: insurance we have <laughs> hold on no no
1: if, if crossword if we have um a very unhealthy living population uh that causes a lot of early death we have a lot of gun violence we have a lot of suicides. we have all kinds of stuff that brings down but we are not lagging in any way we are more expensive however everybody we are, don't have access to it. we are the engine of basically 98 percent of all the medical innovation in the history of the world and everybody and here don't have access to it yeah
3: no everybody We got it everybody got access no everybody does It's like hbo's uh, a a prime no no
1: the access is not what it should be but it's an exaggeration listen everybody um can go to the hospital nobody gets turned away and once you're in the hospital they have to treat you like everybody else there's the issue of the bill and all that
3: stuff. If you die. The
1: poor, in- <laughs> the, the no, the if poor you have this shit, they ain't gotta give you shit. Sure. The poor have access to it. The poor have Medicaid. Uh, the rich have uh, their health insurance and the old have Medicare. And the middle class are are in a bind.
3: You think the Medicaid people are gonna get the breakthrough technology that you was talking about a second ago? Absolutely.
2: No, but then
1: nobody.
3: No, no, no I know absolutely they do. You think you think in a hospital
1: that they don't get
2: the they don't that they're deciding whether to give a test to somebody based on whether they're Medicaid I think you're talking about like limit of technology, like brand new breakthroughs. Yes,
3: but I'm that's saying, I'm saying. But that. that's a good Even question. Even the hospitals they take you to don't have this technology. But that's the point. Go to Kings County and look for but, all this. But that's But they point. don't have this technology anywhere. <laughs> there, in will, there will there will
1: no the longer point. be those technologies once it's
3: all Medicare. You, you need
2: there is.
1: But listen, if everybody if they, ain't got access in,
3: to it, who not cares just if Some people got it in Denmark because
2: eventually everyone does get access to it. The that's whole point
3: right. is is. Like What well, is that helping your grandma well, who needed it last week? It doesn't, but it doesn't
2: help anybody hundred years ago I,
3: either. I, I don't even know what you're referring to. In in, in, in- everybody should have access to everything. In America
2: But that's like a utopia as as That's, not, that's not realistic
3: But we can make that realistic Let's say it's like a no.
2: practical example Somebody invents a, a procedure That makes you live to 200 years old tomorrow And it costs millions of dollars And there's two doctors in America who can do it Is everybody automatically entitled No because to that's to not that? That? Like, you're, sure. your body,
3: you're like You're in danger Like you're dying from something And they're you from sure. it But, but sometimes can, can I get in for that You're aware of the, the
2: ideas of
1: um, Unintended consequences And backfiring Yeah Yeah, I agree. Everybody, we'd like to have everybody have access to everything. And short of that, we want the system which will give the most people access to the most things. Yeah. Medicare for all, in my opinion, is going to have fewer people having access to everything because they have to ration it. So the most expensive things will just not exist anymore. Like they like already is the case in other countries. Mm -hmm. Insurance is not gonna pay for it. So no one will get it. And then the companies will no longer do the research to even make it exist. And it's not just medical stuff. In we're talking about in Denmark that Sanders always talks about. Yeah. Everything they have came from America. Every technology, the cars, the clock on the wall, like like right. like, well, how much venture capital from Danes went into risking on any new like it, it the America has been our cruel capitalist system that yeah. we always want to refine. The has engine put off has been the engine of yeah. basically everything that has made the twenty-first century amazing. And
2: managed a very diverse population. Like you said, yeah. Denmark is basically a white ethno state. Of five million people. Yeah. yeah. So and
3: Sanders oh, I don't look up the Denmark. <laughs> and if Sanders, if Sanders had his
1: way,
2: what he doesn't understand is that we would lose it all. We'd fucking lose it all, which has opinion. happened in like in many examples in history. Basically, sure. we would
3: lose what all, all we would our lose innovation. All the innovation, all the technology, the rate lose. of innovation. You don't think that would spark innovation. No,
1: okay. don't think it would spark innovation because okay. it has to be a business profit. That's true. I don't
3: mean that. Don't it don't mean that it won't be a business That it won't make money. If he spends You don't have to make that your number one priority.
1: If he spends uh trillions of dollars on the Green New Deal, I'm sure there will be some innovation in those like NASA created innovation in the space program. But in, in general, if you suck out the ability to make money from the economy, you suck out the ability for people to lose money. Sure. And the only way anybody innovates is if they if they can if they can afford to lose the money. It's also about <laughs> where
2: to invest the money, right? Like if you have it nationalized, the government is basically deciding top down where to invest certain things so like there's a lot of like communist like cuba's a good example and russia's russia was good at going to space but the cost was like millions of people starving to death they weren't that good at it they they, they
3: didn't land a single man on the moon
2: they didn't land a man on the moon but they at the time they invested a shitload of money into one specific thing
3: they got those satellites up there right those rockets right? same
2: there's actually a good uh an economics detective it's like a kind of like economics podcast on cuba's healthcare system and it talks about the parts that like do okay but then also the parts where like this doesn't happen without this type of regime and so you have things like infant mortality rate that might be super low in cuba but if you're a woman and you're pregnant with a baby that might be sick they're gonna you're gonna have an abortion whether you really want to or not But it's oh, it. like, when a uh,
3: black uh, like african-american women uh, infant abortion uh numbers are higher than yeah. those in Cuba well that's why the that's abortion, problem
2: well that was designed that way fucking Margaret Sanger and everybody else involved there like that was like a
1: by problem. the
0: way you but going I, to I, Th- Thailand Thailand has a great um...
1: I gotta tell you a story so I was I was in the middle of like really trying to keep an open mind on this healthcare stuff mm. and and I, I'll tell you where it ended Tom Green the comedian mm. is from Canada yeah. so he comes to the olive tree and I'm like you're from Canada what's it like what's the single payer system like or whatever their system is, and he says, "Oh, he says it's it's much better for you know, everyday people. You know, you can get whatever you want. You don't have to pay for." He had cancer
2: over there, right? No,
1: wait, wait, no, and uh, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Maybe, maybe there is something to this stuff. He says, "Well, but there there are there are some inconveniences." I'm I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Well, my father had prostate cancer." And they told him he'd have to wait four months for surgery. wait a long time. So we flew him to Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm if like, you
2: oh, got well, money, <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. You gotta wait. You uh, gotta wait for it. So so if you so got money, great. you'll be no, okay. No. It
1: works great to have a, a system on the border of a country that doesn't have the system. Yeah. So you. Well, <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, you just fly him. Just that's go right. over to America. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like great to have that. That's a great health phonies. insurance <laughs> That's a great health insurance
0: right there. What about what do you guys think uh, when Bloomberg said uh, yesterday uh, he bought by mistake he said I bought the the election you heard it
4: I just heard the clip I was I, had I don't think things. I miss
2: I missed that part but I will say this man I'm blown away with how bad Bloomberg unbelievable. is. unbelievable at it it's and he's there's he out, it out for like there's yeah. clips of him from like 2015 and earlier where he can articulate himself competently yeah. and now like stuff where I'm like Tag me in, bro. Like I can do, like the fucking NDA stuff, and like all of it is just there's really simple responses. He learned a little bit. I think he got a little better. He's gonna get better. better. Remember,
0: Trump was like that in the
3: beginning. No, Trump was almost instantly, instantly, Trump was fucking just fucking people like uh, Rosie O'Donnell, boom, boom. (laughs) I'm gonna
1: tell you the reason, in my opinion, because if you if you were following it, maybe you'll agree. Like prior to him announcing, like when he was just like going off on Beto O'Rourke and everybody and all all the loser Democratic, Ah. he was fantastic. But this happens with all of them. As soon as he's running for office, and he can't speak freely, and he's editing himself in, in every head. single word, yeah. and I, right. I can't, I can't criticize a woman, and I can't say that. And I can uh, It's a different, dude. He, it, yeah, you can't win. It as does. opposed to saying, "Yeah, I told a dirty joke 30 years ago. Like you haven't told a dirty joke, and if right. you never told a dirty joke, then don't vote for me." And yeah. by the way, maybe somebody who's who made up a story about being Native American in order to get a job at Harvard shouldn't oh. be lecturing me. Well, right. That's, 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 wants, that's what he wants the, to that's say. What he yeah. does we would all cheer right yeah. oh, I lost he's afraid it. he's afraid to say it I would have lost and unless he says that he sucks yeah. right yeah.
4: it's that word it's pres- middle yeah he's got- it's that word presidential right like that's the self-editing in his brain once he's running like, I, I, I think God he's gonna get it though
1: he's gonna get better do you remember Bob Dole like Bob Trump Dole was it. like a funny yeah. great oh, yes. guy then he ran for president he was awful awful and then, and then when as he- soon
3: as he got out I was he like, was like he's the funniest dude John McCain I love fucking Dole man he was hilarious on a tonight show I was like where was this dude when that's, you were running, that's the
2: other issue with Bloomberg. Is like he's even d- delivering jokes, and he just can't. He, he comes off as that's like awful. a weird, for lack of better words, like a weird lizard Jew when he like says jokes. But he's, what, he's uh, fucking uh, creepy. But what is what was Trump's um,
1: primitive insight? Which is, don't listen to these motherfuckers. Tell me what I can't say. Yep. Why would anybody care? Like, yeah. like he. Yep. Because and he's right.
3: He New Yorked it, man. Like, he
1: you're not going to win votes by by half-assed measures. Yep. You know
3: he's beat he, you who? and they can't beat themselves, and he can. And all he of can't. us
1: and and as a, I mean, I'm surrounded by almost only Democrats. Right? All of us would be cheering if Bloomberg would come out and speak his
0: mind. Yeah.
1: And he's afraid to do it.
0: I think he will and once he he, once he get the nomination. No, he never
1: will, and he can't excite us yeah. unless he does it.
3: Yeah. You, you can't really think he's going But he already coddling to the people who say you can't, they can't of, say that. He already emasculated himself. Be careful. How you what talk to chance in hell does he have? I think after None. Tuesday, no, he's done. You he got money though. He got a chance.
0: After Tuesday, I think three gonna drop. Once they drop, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be easier for these
3: old dudes we talk about. You never money. know what's gonna happen. He can, he can stay at the very end. They have One no plug. problem. I, I know call.
0: Bernie gets a heart attack.
1: We're gonna wrap it up. But I gotta tell you, the other reason I wouldn't vote for Sanders. Uh oh. Was um, in Palestine.
0: <laughs> oh, he was great on that yesterday. <laughs> I really, I, I know why you ain't. Vote for I, I respected one of them. <laughs> that he said that.
1: First of all, the moderators are two idiots. states. I know,
0: I know. They were like really, really bad. <laughs>
1: they should have picked different people from CBS. But I mean, CBS look at Sanders; that was a total mess. He, yeah, he, he's mealy mouthed about Castro, but the one leader in the world he could fucking cut loose on is Netanyahu. But if I was a moderator, I would have said, "Fair enough." Uh, is a is PLO racist as well? Yeah. Because, you know, they, they publish all of it. Right. No, they don't ask him that. They don't ask him. And, and But that was a answer? good question.
0: Would you move the embassy back? And you he know, said, and uh, I, I we we'll, we'll have think, to study it. And I think Bloomberg had the best answer. It's like, no. we cannot move it. Yeah. No. yeah? Okay. We could have got better, which we said in the show before. Um, all right, last wait, question. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, why can't you move? If, if you're...
1: The leader of imagine. Iran. Just to take one of the, our enemies in the world. If you're the leader of Iran.
3: Not my enemy. Why are they our enemies? Because the government said it? Because, because they, governments hate governments, but people got to hate because, people? Because they kill Because huh? they kill Americans. <laughs> um, uh, anybody you know? <laughs> <laughs> Americans a- kill a- Americans a- every day. Actually, yes. On my block. <laughs> <laughs> Americans killed Americans today. <laughs> um
1: uh, yeah, I, I think that if you're one, if you're one of the uh, the bad actors in the world, and Bernie Sanders is president, you say to yourself, "I have a four year window of opportunity to do anything that I thought I could never do." So if, if you think, I don't buy if it. you're the leader of Iran and you want an atom bomb, and I presume they do, I'm afraid you see Bernie Sanders say, "Now's the time." If you're China and you want to take Taiwan, you're like. Now is the time. We are never going to get a better opportunity. And even if they're wrong and President Sanders does have the balls to stand up, the miscalculation alone, like when Saddam Hussein in Kuwait, brings the world into war. Mm-hmm. Bernie
0: will be like bombs for all.
1: No, it's just, it's just like... <laughs> so you're saying Trump is keeping the world safe? <laughs> well, I absolutely. I think that... I, not making people safe from Trump? No, no. Well, I, even if I it's think, not a
2: logical thing, right? If someone's afraid Trump will hit that button and fucking oh, I yeah, Iran yeah. off the map.
1: Oh, they people might not are fuck afraid around. of, of oh, Trump.
3: There's no question. What Trump? also want to punch a bully in the mouth. When Trump, while the when Trump
1: killed Soleimani, in my opinion,
3: that that will
1: oh. be the end of uh, Iraq's Iran's mischief until the election. Are, there's no there's no reason for yeah. them. Yeah, to risk Trump again when Sanders might be president in November that's my like it's like, just, just common sense just put yourself in their shoes very like, true like what hey, hold on cuz 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 Trump will bomb them
3: yeah
0: you're not going to test the I frigging. think
3: everybody will bomb them. Uh, Sanders? Stop sleeping on America. I don't know when America became the company that don't bomb you. They bomb you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well
1: if, if Sanders, everybody. If Sanders would bomb them, minute it is possible, it would mean him taking the opposite, opposite position of would, every single cross yeah. uh, fork in the road he's taking a position on since he's been in... in
3: I think public. he'll not, have to bomb him even more than Trump because he got to prove himself so everybody will be like this. I know he couldn't be president. Now he's going to overdo it.
0: Not, not to you, mention... that dude
3: who overdoes it. Well, well,
0: it's not to mention Soleimani was alive in, with Obama and with everybody. He, Trump is the one that took the order. Yeah. They could have killed him a while ago. He's, been, he's not doing anything no, new. Th- there's
1: this madman theory in international relations yeah. that, uh, and, and it and it makes perfect sense that, you know, if you don't know what the... Reagan had that advantage. People thought that Reagan would do it. He bombed Gaddafi's tent. This was Trump killing the general was the modern day version of bombing Gaddafi's tent, in my opinion. Uh, Before
3: Gaddafi's tent, when Reagan put uh, Nelson Mandela on the terrorist list, we knew he was a problem. Yeah. But I'm saying when he he bombed Gaddafi's tent. And he had to go. I ain't got to see no bombs.
0: He had to go to the tent. He had to go this way. I don't know why I bother. Imagine them planning. Nelson
3: Mandela was on a terrorist. This is list. why I want to quit the podcast. <laughs> Nelson Mandela. That's like Gary Coleman was on a girl.
1: <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> anyway, Winnie Mandela wrote a hell of a book about Nelson by the way. I would put Winnie on the terrorist <laughs> list before. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was she was necklacing uh,
0: people. She's, She's pretty, a divorcee. <laughs> they well, they Nelson Mandela <laughs> let's not go there cuz it's not always been
1: don't say anything bad about Nelson oh, what? Mandela.
3: He's always he's always been fighting for his rights to be a human. <laughs> yeah. So What's your complaint about it Nelson Mandela? Means I didn't say any
0: complaint. I said it that it he was necessary. not it's always the same.
3: No, he was always fighting for the same yes, thing. Yes, but the
0: methods that he Just was. Just to be treated like a
3: human being. What methods? In the country he was born in. What? I'm on that dude side. Okay, don't care what country you're in. I'm, I'm on his side. I'm with I'm you on. Nelson Mandela was a great man. I'm, well, I was, whoa, 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 whoa. I did not say
0: this. he's not a good man. I said his his policies were not always the same. That's it don't what matter. What the fuck does that mean? You're wrong. I mean, he changed too. <laughs> no, he did. not Like everybody, yes, you know. That no. man. That man. He was never a terrorist. Prison. I didn't say he's a terrorist. That's
1: like Martin Luther King was on a terrorist. First list. of all, he doesn't yeah. regard terrorists as a negative thing no, anyway. you're right.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, you mean it's bad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh, oh! I got it. <laughs> he you'd, you'd,
1: you'd,
2: you'd, <laughs> he's complimenting him more why, than you are. Yeah, why he's why saying you, he loves me. Why are you big
1: upping Nelson
0: Mandela? <laughs> I did not say Nelson Mandela is a terrorist. He's saying he
2: lost his juice
0: in the later years said <laughs> <laughs> so he's just not been the same. Right,
2: final
1: story. <laughs>
0: tell, tell us,
1: tell us a, 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 this, like if you meet a girl in a bar, are you married? Oh, well, before you're married and you were married and you want to close the deal, what's the story you're going to tell her about your, well, about definitely, president?
4: Definitely a JFK story. Okay, go go. I would just tell about how much he wanted fame and how how much he just wanted to be famous without doing the work behind it. So with this book, he used one of those ghostwriters and then he didn't really care about the book. He didn't work on the writing or the index or any of those kinds of like boring details that I had to work on with my book but when it <laughs> came time to promote it JFK was like I think the author photo should be a little bit bigger and JFK was like I was in an airport and I didn't see enough copies for sale and this is all while he's a senator and so he's got you know he should be worrying about the kind of stuff you guys were talking about like geopolitical yeah. stuff and instead he's like you know I are, are we are we pushing my book hard enough do we need to up the advertising budget and I think that tells you a lot about JFK and about where his
0: priorities were but he turned
1: mm. out to be good on geopolitical matters
4: yeah it's not it's not a critique of him as a politician more of him as a person like you know I I have have,
0: last question uh, to you like now you're writing all these you know a a book about all the persons that wrote stuff and wrote books Mm -hmm. years later nowadays if you need a
1: translation just ask us go go, go
0: Let's enjoy the silence after no joke. <laughs> 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 nothing. You got nothing. Uh, so <laughs> so now like people like Jefferson, like, like we know they were slaves you cut the, that out, okay? The <laughs> <laughs> or or add laughter. So, or, so it or, or, sense. or somebody somebody like Columbus, Columbus who's not even a president. But the, now that we know the truth, people don't want to say Columbus Day anymore. So do you think that's legit or not? Knowing what we know about the books that they wrote.
4: Sure. I think, I mean, I think the conversation we started with with Jefferson is a good example that it's, you know, he was a complicated guy who wrote the Declaration of Independence. So should we celebrate him? Huh? I think like you're wanting to celebrate him like do we wave pom poms or not and that's not what history is about. No, I think it's more complicated. Than yeah, it. I think people, we can mental, say yeah. he had some good ideas, but he had some terrible practices and he had some terrible ideas too. And the people in your life, you're not just like that's a great person, that's a bad person. Like right. it's not that simple. You have people you Still like a little has, and yeah. like dislike other things about them. Yeah, and so right. I would apply the same standard to to historical people and what you were talking about about let's keep in mind how people saw them in that period too like it's complicated that's that's why well, you, the you can you so can have so a is, Jeffers,
0: jefferson day or
4: I, I I say let's have Jefferson Day, but let's talk about the bad stuff and the, and good, the good stuff on Jefferson Day. Like, let's human. talk about how he treated What's black exciting. people. Yeah, but let's also talk about yeah. the good things that he did for America too. Let's all of them. There's
2: no like yeah, and let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame like, for God's sake. Why he
1: should have been in? I like that Pete Rose has his own table outside uh, Cooperstown every year. Sure. So, oh, it's, so it's the great. same thing. Let him in. Talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff. Yes,
3: yeah. it's right. more good stuff. He got more hits than anybody. True. And then all i bring up Columbus. Well, he had
2: money on the line.
0: <laughs> thank you guys so much Boris you want to share He's your information sure at the Boris K <laughs> and congratulations you're getting married this weekend thank yeah. you all I the am. best and yeah. then going to Thailand we're going to talk about that Craig do you want to share your information
4: sure uh, at Craig C-R-A-I-G Fairman F-E-H-R-M-A-M and the book's author in chief thank you guys for Fairman. having me Fairman and they can get it book, everywhere man. right Yeah. yeah. not Amazon.
2: Furman I was going to ask if there was any relationship there to Mark Furman yeah the great Mark Furman. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of,
3: speaking of a book. Good, good
1: writer, actually. He wrote that book about the, the, Mar- the Martha Moxley or whatever? We'll the the only
0: to... book that Norm reads to the end. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't read
3: anything else.
0: Sharad. Sherrod. Yes. Race Wars. What oh, up?
3: yeah, Race Wars and smallworldcomedy.com. And I got a new sports show coming out with Embassy Row in uh, two weeks. So, yeah, check that out. There you go.
0: And livefromamericapodcast.com yeah. and Comedy Cellar all night.
3: Da, 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 da. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to check the book out. Man.
0: You were listening to Live From America Podcast. To contact us, please go to www.livefromamericapodcast.com.
4: Brought to you by the Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production.